Good afternoon, good afternoon, and welcome to Ahead of the Crypto Curve, where we are creating Satoshi Millionaires, one family at a time, one day at a time, one Bitcoin at a time, one Satoshi at a time, and ladies and gentlemen, that means you. My name is Naja Roberts, and it is my mission in life to lead my people out of financial slavery. Today is September 7th, 2022, and boy, do we have a lot to talk about. We're going to jump into our part two of Bitcoin versus gold. As you all know, gold has been used as a hedge against inflation for many, many, many years. And so some folks think that Bitcoin is a hedge against inflation. And so we're going to talk about the differential, the differences between Bitcoin and gold. Uh, and so as we move forward in our uh, discussion, I just really want to um, just share with you all, you know, I am always wondering, you know, which direction we go. Uh, as a community, with my family, with my life. And I'm always really trying to sit back and analyze some of the things that I've done in the past that have brought me to where I am today and how I could have done things better, how I could have done things uh, more aggressively and those sorts of things. And one of the things that I learned early on in my investing career is that there is no such thing as a good and uh, as good and bad timing. And so I say that Typically, because in the old way of doing things, uh, you know, timing isn't everything. However, in this cryptocurrency space, timing has a lot to do with uh, what will make or break you. And I really, really believe that we're early in this space. So uh, along with the fact that I used to did not think that there was a such thing as good and bad timing in cryptocurrency, again, there is good and bad timing. And I think we're in a great time uh, to get invested right now in any parts of the cryptocurrency space, specifically Bitcoin. Uh, and there, again, there are some outliers. I'm, I'm not disputing that but I know that there is good and bad strategy and I live by good and bad strategies so regardless of what's going on in the world the markets or in the economy as long as you have a good strategy for that specific time that you're sitting in you're going to be successful in making money and so that's why I I actually jumped on the other side of the fence by saying there's no such thing as good and bad timing because in the cryptocurrency space, it is absolutely something the differential is uh, you can get in at the wrong time, which is way later on, 10, 15 years down the line. And you will see that you could have done something different in 20, you know, in this world. We're sitting in 2022, so you can't go back and do anything. So we're going to just talk about the present. Uh, with that being stated, um, I want to, uh, you know, make sure that you know that a good strategy is something that you need to be successful. Uh, my motto has always been that and it's is more relevant today than any other time in my financial services history. We're living in a world that has become increasingly uncertain. Nobody knows what's going to happen next. Will the central bank save us from this recession? Or will they crush the demand too much and send us into an economic depression? Are we going to see a $50 barrel of oil 
or are we going to see a $200 barrel of oil? Some people say that inflation has peaked, while others are warning we could be headed for hyperinflation. And we've always talked about the fact that them printing money, uh, more money during COVID than than prior years, decades of, of printing uh, was going to cause some hyperinflation. So we have to wait and really see what thing, what happens. But I see it slightly different. I see things just slightly different. I believe the inflation we're seeing today could be some of the lowest levels of inflation that we're going to see in a decade. Again, this is looking at things different. Some people see a glass half em empty and some people see a glass half full. So while I teeter totter between this because I've never in the history of my life really been uncertain about what is happening, trying to figure out how in the world or what in the world is going on. And at the same time for my own personal life, just really trying to figure out what the balance is so that I'm not left out and that I'm not put in a position where I'm in the fear of missing out and just rush to judgment. Uh, but what I do say is that this is an opportunity. And so uh, I believe that the inflation, again, that we're seeing could be some of the lowest levels of inflation that we're ever going to see this decade. And that means in the next 10 years. This is because of the rapid move our world is taking towards the decentralized revolution. Things are really happening in the decentralized space. What we are seeing all around the world today is the end. And I'm going to say this again, ladies and gentlemen. It is the end of a long-term secular trend of globalization and centralization. This is the end. It is, it is becoming more apparent to me that the end of that type of uh, globalization and centralization is, is beginning to come to a close. Globalization has been able to hide the effects of massive monetary expansion central banks have created over the past 15 years. They've been able to hide that. They can't do it anymore. Since the early 1980s, interest rates have been in a long-term secular decline while our world is experiencing this period of uh, growing globalization. The, this has resulted in deflation and acted as a gravitational pull that kept the cost of goods and services artificially low ladies and gentlemen but now this is all reversing and we're going through a paradigm shift globalization has ended the interest rates can't go much below zero though this is something we haven't seen before in the development of our, our of our world i mean period we haven't seen it before but i think we can learn a lesson really quickly from a very interesting period of the time in the 1990s in zimbabwe in zimbabwe in 1987 robert mugabe became the president of zimbabwe then something catastrophic happened 50 percent of the zimbabwean workforce became Unemployed between the year 8, 1987 and 2000 due to a number of familiar sounding policies and regulations Mugabe embarked on. Some of the stuff that we're hearing right now in the United States. So how did Robert Mugabe destroy the prospect of a developing promising country in only 13 years? And how does this apply to the West and what are the comparisons? Well, the comparisons are here. They're starting to show up. If you want to know more about what, what methods you can use to protect, 
protect yourself from the creeping government that is coming up next. Uh, make sure that you don't miss my uh, deal that I'm doing with the DFR experience in Atlanta, Georgia, because I've got some answers for you there. But with that, ladies and gentlemen, when we come forward, we're going to jump into the market report and talk about some of the stuff happening in these crypto streets. This is KBLA Talk 1580. In a moment, more with, more with Naja Roberts as we get ahead of the crypto curve on KBLA Talk 1580. We need someone to be there, knowing they'll always care. Someone who lights your way each and every day. Doing what you love is everything So we can celebrate the joy it brings There's so much to protect in our lives That's why Nationwide is on your side Nationwide Mutual Insurance Company and Affiliates Come on for details You're listening to Ahead of the Crypto Curve With Nigel Roberts on KBLA Talk 1580 All right, all right And here is our cryptocurrency quote for the day and this is by a gentleman by the name of Olaf Carlson Wee. He is the founder and CEO of Polychain Capital. It is a venture capitalist group. And he basically says, we are seeing more managed money and to an extent institutional money entering the space. Anecdotally speaking, I know of many people who are working at hedge funds or other investment managers who are trading cryptocurrency personally. The question is, when do people start doing it with their firms and funds? And uh, the reason this gentleman is stating this is because, as he stated, there are so many people that are trading Bitcoin behind the scenes, uh, but not with their companies. And so once they're really convinced and really understand the technology and all of those things, when are they going to start doing it with their firms and funds? Uh, some of them have, but most of them are standing on the sidelines waiting to see exactly what this space is going to look like before they get their investors involved. Uh, and for that very reason, um, you know, we always talk about mass adoption and what mass adoption looks like. And mass adoption is people that are using Bitcoin as a store of value, which we're going to talk about in a little while when we do Bitcoin versus gold. They're using it for remittance. They're using it for all sorts of different things. Uh, adoption has to do with all sorts of different uh, variables. But the bottom line is we got to get people uh, and, and different firms, you know, behind it. And it's going to happen uh, today. Again, always vowing to talk to you about the good, the bad and the ugly, even when it does not look like things are going in our favor. You got to know because you got to stay on top or be ahead of the crypto curve. So what do we do in times uh, such as this crypto winter? And I told you, I've been telling you all for months, this crypto winter is going. Oh, man, we are going to be feeling like we're high and dry and and. And uh, like we're losing money, but just hold on because after the storm comes beautiful skies and beautiful flowers because the rain has just come down so hard. And I feel like today is one of those days. But again, the good, the bad and the ugly is always going to be given because we are 100 percent truthful about our information. And we want don't want to sugarcoat anything that does not need sugarcoating. And so we're not going to do it this day on September. 7th 
because a couple of things have happened that are not in our favor. But we need to know that, as I always say, Bitcoin is on sale. It's on sale again. Uh, but we're going to go through this market update so that you understand what has happened. In the last 24 hours, Bitcoin has traded between $20,100 and $18,600. And I just really think, you know, the most high is just giving me some favor because he's waiting on this bank to do what they need to do so I can just get my Bitcoin back into my into my wallet like I need to. And it's all contingent upon the bank. But nevertheless, uh, it's holding around 18000 So I'm a little bit more excited than those of you that are just waiting for Bitcoin to go to the moon to 200000 300000 I'm just glad it's not there yet. So we're at eighteen six. So I'm feeling a little bit excited about that. Uh, Bitcoin in the last 24 hours is down 6.4%. Um, and in the last 24 hours, it's it's down 4.9%. And so let me just tell you a little bit of a secret why I'm, ex I'm always excited. Because I know it seems like or I feel like, you know, those of us that are investing are feeling like we've, lo we've lost some money. But remember, I told you that I diversify myself in Bitcoin. So while I may be losing a little bit of, of, of value because I haven't lost the number of Satoshis that I hold, but I may be losing a little bit of value in those satoshis temporarily on the other side my diversification in bitcoin is allowing me to get three percent on all the bitcoin uh that i have sitting and so when i'm just getting and it's just a little bit again not getting rich this is slow and steady so some some weeks it may be one percent some weeks may be two some weeks may be three nothing higher than three have i ever gotten however me having that money sitting in the bank would not have yielded me that and so when i see a little bit of of decline in the price of bitcoin i'm not sad because on the other side of my bitcoin diversification i'm, I'm getting this three percent and i got three percent last friday really excited about that and all that has to do with is a bitcoin hedge fund a bitcoin atm machine and bitcoin mining and so those things are wrapped into how i get this little bit of interest and i say little bit of interest um on this this other diverse my other portfolio that has a little bit of a diversification from bitcoin so so specifically so i'm 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 not super super excited about the price not going up, but I am happy that I'll have the opportunity to buy a little bit more Satoshis because the price is down. So I just wanted to explain that um, because when we're talking about having a strategic plan in place, that is some of the things that I really want to share and make sure that our community does. We're diversifying our portfolios with all things, real estate, insurance, annuities, and I'm going to keep repeating it because I want to make sure that you all are hearing me and we are going to diversify with a little bit of Bitcoin in our portfolio. Then when we get a little bit of Bitcoin in our portfolio, we can start to diversify with that Bitcoin in some of the ways that there are some positive ways to make some money from that. And so uh, that's where we are with that. So Bitcoin dropped below 19,000 level while global cryptocurrency market capitalization has dropped below $1 trillion uh, which is a psychological level. Now, it's been a minute since we've been under one trillion. 
We were up close to two trillion. Now we're under one trillion. So what does that do for people psychologically? So now you got to look at the fear and greed index uh, as it relates to Bitcoin to see how people are feeling. Me, I'm still bullish on Bitcoin. This, uh, you know, because my father taught me well to look at what everyone else is doing and do the complete opposite. And so I'm going to say in this space that has served me well because I'm looking at what everybody else is doing and I'm doing the complete opposite because I am on the long game, the long plan. And so last updated on uh, the last update on the Ethereum network has gone through successfully. Now all eyes are on the Paris upgrade in about a week's time. So a week from today, today is Wednesday. Uh, we'll see what's happening. Ethereum's. Uh, name, service, domain name, surpassed Board Ape Yacht Club as the most traded NFT on OpenSea ahead of the merge. So um, that has all to do with NFTs and stuff, you know, and, and, and that thing. So uh, anyway, on the equities, commodities and the macro, Asian markets look to have another tough session. China's COVID zero model is leading to another lockdown. Of the Meta City, um, Chindao, I believe that's how you pronounce it. And so, it, this is going to be something different. I'm just looking uh, at what's happening because this is happening just weeks before the CCP's Congress meeting with them. And so, the 30-year treasury, treasury yield is at its highest since 2014. And I told you starting out at this conversation today, the weirdest things are happening. Uh, my kids use the word weird all the time. And I'm always saying, is it really that weird? But like we are really living in some weird times. Some things are happening and I'm watching stuff and I'm watching people and I'm watching real estate and I'm watching the cars. I'm watching food. I'm just watching. And, and these are like basic necessity things that are happening. And with China doing some lockdowns uh, on this new, um, not new, but it's a meta city. Um, uh, this is going to be interesting how it actually affects us here when most of our goods and stuff are imported. Uh, and I'm I hate to say I've, I've been trying to do a little bit of research on what America actually makes. And uh, my research, I thought maybe I wasn't doing a good job doing research, but it is very, there are very few things that we make here in America. And so uh, we got to get on top of this. And I, I know, you know, our, our president knows and our economists know and the people that advise the president. But we got to start uh, making some stuff in, in this in this country so um but anyway i'm going down another rabbit hole technical analysis bitcoin falling through the key support so remember every day we talk about the support and the resistance it fell through the support the support meaning the bottom uh unable to find any buyers to keep it above the 2007 all-time high price at 19.9, which means people were unwilling to pay 19,900 for Bitcoin at the time because most people right now are trying to catch it at the bottom. And so catching some of the short term support here at 18.7, but expecting price to drop down as low as 18,300, which again for my pockets would be phenomenal.
17.5 is just that critical support we need to keep an eye on now. If this low from the 18th of June falls to hold, then the markets, um, the market looks pretty thin all the way down to 13.8. Wouldn't that be something? And I just looked at the date today. I think today is a year anniversary. Let me just double check. Um, um, Bitcoin in El Salvador was made legal tender. And I think it was September the 7th, but I'm not sure. It might have been the 7th or 8th. So I got to do that. It just I just got an epiphany about that a second ago. So I'm going to look that up and find that out because if that's the case, we're at a year anniversary. But I do know it's this week, so we're going to figure that out. So uh, looking for Bitcoin to go all the way down to 13.8. Is it possible? Absolutely it is. Are we going to panic? Absolutely we are not because the amount of Satoshis we hold whether it's $13,000 in price or whether it's 33000 or 53 or 103 we still hold the same amount of Satoshis. The value is just changing. And so we are understanding that and we understand what uh, is right now we're just going through a lot of uncertainty. So $390 million in liquidations took place across the crypto sector in the last 24 hours. We can expect this number to stay elevated if volatility persists. And that is everybody that's just saying, hey, I'm just going to cut my losses and pull my money out and do my thing. But I don't feel like uh, I, don't, I just don't feel that insecurity. I'm, I'm, I'm really confident about what I'm doing uh, for myself. So Ethereum holds up better than Bitcoin, supported by the upcoming merge a narrative that is seemingly uh, that is seemingly playing out well. Many players buying the second largest coin in the industry. Next support level is at fifteen hundred seventeen dollars. So a lot of people say, hey, I can buy one Ethereum. I can buy two Ethereum. I can buy six Ethereum if I got ten thousand dollars because it's only fifteen hundred dollars. So that's what a lot of people are doing. And so um that's what's happening right now. Uh, let's just see here. I'm going to go to a couple of charts before we move forward. Uh, the cryptocurrency market, market capitalization, as I sta stated, fell under $1 trillion, and it is at $988 billion. And also Bitcoin is um, it's up 17% at the time of of right now based on what i said a little bit earlier solana is down 6.5 percent she was down 6.4 percent ada is down 8.6 percent and engine is down 10.9 percent and that's all in the last 24 hours so when Bitcoin is going down, so do a lot of the other altcoins. But this one definitely doesn't look any different from uh, what usually happens when the price of Bitcoin decreases. And so uh, when we come forward, ladies and gentlemen, there are a couple of things that I want to share with you as it relates to the cryptocurrency news. And then we're going to get into Bitcoin versus gold. This is Ahead of the Crypto Curve on KBLA Talk 1580. This is KBLA Talk 1580, where truth prevails. The tricky station is down the dial. And by hand, made with a smile, and made to order, just for you. This is the title. This 
is the KBLA Sports Minute with Ray Richardson. Ray Richardson. Even in retirement, Serena Williams is still breaking records. Her final match against Isla Tomlanovich Friday night in the U.S. Open drew the highest rating for a tennis event in ESPN's 43-year history. 4.6 million viewers tuned in to ESPN to watch the final match of Serena's career. This Saturday, September 10th, Alabama State is in town to play UCLA at the Rose Bowl. It's the first time UCLA has played a football game against an HBCU school. The next time you're in New York City, stop by the Jackie Robinson Museum in Lower Manhattan. It's now open to the public. The museum chronicles the career of Major League Baseball's first black player and his social activism. Robinson met with four U.S. presidents to talk about racial injustice. No debates, no speculation, just the info you need. That's your KBLA Sports Minute. I'm Ray Richardson. This sports report was brought to you by MVP Accident Attorneys. When it comes to your settlement, we're slam dunk. Call 833-MVP-WINS or check their website at themvp.com for a free case review. Football is back. You've got questions. We've got answers. Will the Rams repeat as Super Bowl champions? Will Justin Herbert lead the Chargers to the playoffs? And most importantly, who should you bet on on Sunday afternoon to make some money? Find out all that and more. Out of Bounds with Martin and Bobby, Saturday at 7 p.m. on KBLA Talk 1580. Amplifying progressive voices for KBLA Talk 1580. All right. Right, and welcome forward to Ahead of the Crypto Curve. And um, I know we're supposed to be talking about Bitcoin and gold, and you guys are going to get me. I'm pushing it back, but I'm going to I'm gonna try my darndest to get this thing through because I just realized today was September 7th, which was a year anniversary of El Salvador making Bitcoin legal tender. And so how is this experiment going? Uh, many people say that this experiment is actually stumbling because when El Salvador did this last year, Bitcoin was at 47,000. And now I just got finished telling you it's trading at actually half of that. And so how is this experiment working out uh, after a year? El Salvador's Bitcoin adoption as legal tender, the area where the world's first cryptocurrency city was meant to be built a circular metropolis powered by a volcano is still a dense jungle. President of El Salvador had promised that Bitcoin City would be a tax haven for crypto investors and miners equipped with an airport, residential and commercial areas, and a central plaza designed to look at Bitcoin symbol from the sky. This was a year ago. Invest here and make all the money you want, he said, dressed in an all white and wearing a reverse baseball cap. Uh, he said that in front of hundreds of Bitcoin enthusiasts in November 2021. But on a recent visit to the area in the shadow of the actual uh, Conchagua volcano in the east of Central America country, Reuters found no heavy machinery, construction workers or raw materials to indicate any progress towards building the grand symbol to Bitcoin. And so none of those things have happened as of yet. I'm going to say we got to be optimistic because we're working behind the scenes with some folks really to just get people in El Salvador educated about Bitcoin and what 
you know what it is you know when when the government just springs something on you and tells you you have to use it a lot of people are taken aback by that specifically a lot of people have pushed up resistance against that specifically and so there's things that are happening in the background and i'm not saying you know um uh that you know, it should have been this way. They should have introduced it. They should have did the education. I've always said that from day one. Uh, and as much money as they're putting into the infrastructure, they need to put into education of the people of El Salvador. But uh, to many, it has become instead a symbol of Foley as Bitcoin has crashed in their eyes. Uh, the experiment has been very risky, too risky for a poor country, said Oscar Pacarado. Uh, he's the director of the Institute of Science and Technology and Innovation at a private uh, San Francisco uh, university. And it has been seen that Bitcoin is very speculative, which we all know, high variable financial asset. Um, and so people are still unsure about it. A major part of the problem is that the drop in the value of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies has alienated investors. Uh, when El Salvador, one of the poorest countries in Latin America, adopted Bitcoin, as we know, um, they expected people to just grab onto it because he was the president. He expected people to just say, hey, I'm going to do this thing without the education. And if he had had the right people around him, such as those of us who really know how people tick in this space. They have to be educated first. You can't even convince people that they need to do this. They need to get the education first. Always lead with education. So for those of you that are looking for mass adoption in your communities, mass adoption in your families, you've got to educate first. Um, and I tell people all the time, I'm not trying to convince you of anything. I'm trying to just really help you understand the technology and what the technology does. And then we can go from there because when you believe in what the technology is and you see how it is going to make a change, then you begin to understand why it is imperative that you get involved. And so, um, and so that's where we are. And so, of course, you know, uh, the president of El Salvador is not doing any type of, um, uh, interviews right now and not that it's you know he's feeling in a bad way he's still optimistic that bitcoin's policy has attracted the right people to put together the right things and and i'm hoping that's so but this drop of course uh has made some of the people in el salvador feel like their small funds are even smaller and that they didn't do the right thing and so um there's just a lot going on but there's also some big money and some big money players that are there that are helping people to um to make money off some of the bonds that were sold to the tune of 1.6 billion dollars of sovereign bonds that are going to come due in 2023 and 2025 which will help some of the people in el salvador and the international monetary fund has called on el salvador to reverse Bitcoin status as legal tender, citing financial, economic, and legal concerns, uh, complicating the deal with the lender who, who had those sovereign bonds in the first place. So there's a lot of things going on in the background. I try to stay away from talking about El Salvador because I'm one of the individuals that is trying to work uh, specifically with uh, some of the powers that be, I'll just say it that way, to get the people educated. And we cannot get them to understand, you know, what really has to go into educating. Uh, and so hopefully we can get through to that 
to that end very soon and more than likely once that happens there are going to be some some big changes as it relates to the people in El Salvador and how they're functioning so that being said let's go to Bitcoin versus gold so Bitcoin versus gold, which is better to hedge against inflation? And we were talking about some of the different things. So what is a hedge against inflation? A hedge is a kind of an investment that offsets something else. But the rationale between a hedging investment can differ depending on what exactly investors intend to do. And so Bitcoin versus gold. A hedge uh, can be a correlation, but... Uh, contraposition in the movement of an asset price or an uncorrelated entity that provides stability in periods of volatility. That is what we are trying to figure out. Is Bitcoin better or is gold better or is both better? I would start by saying I believe both is better uh, for those of you that have the means to do so. I think that it's no harm in you getting gold, but you got to understand that gold is not portable. Bitcoin is portable. You can take it anywhere around the world, anywhere around the world uh, with just a little thing that looks like a USB uh, gold. You would have to pack it up bring your Brinks truck or if you had if you had a whole bunch of Brinks truck but if you just had a little bit you'd have to have a uh, a backpack a couple of backpacks maybe a couple of people to help you carry that uh, on a plane or somewhere but anyway uh, Bitcoin or gold protection against inflation when comparing Bitcoin and gold as inflation hedges experts tend to point to a number of dimensions on which to compare them their history their effectiveness their ease of access and other sources of demand um, that uh, will speak for the assets itself um, the history as an inflation hedge, how Bitcoin and gold compare. Uh, on the question of their history as inflation hedges, there's little question that gold has a strong background, while Bitcoin is barely more than a, a little bit over a decade of existence to justify itself. Gold has thousands of years of established history as it resolutes uh, as a store of value. Um, and that's kind of the first pro and con there. In contrast, again, it's new on the Bitcoin side. Bitcoin, however, has a 12-year tra track record so far, uh, and it is still fully defining its characteristics as a hedge in this modern economy. So what does that look like? Um, for cryptocurrencies as a whole, the long-term viability is still shaky because we don't know which coins are going to last throughout this winter. Uh, is the future store of value, uh, is it this precarious? I, I asked that question because I'm trying to figure out in my assessment, the central bank digital currencies and all coins will challenge Bitcoin's value proposition as a medium of exchange. And so are we going to use Bitcoin as a hedge against inflation as a store of value and then allow some of these other all coins and the central bank digital currency to be used as a medium of exchange? Nobody really knows where things are going to turn change 
moved to. In the recent move of the Biden administration to regulate cryptocurrency, uh, and again, we were supposed to hear something after the holiday weekend that just passed. So hopefully we'll be hearing something about that from the Biden administration very soon. How does Bitcoin and gold compare? Lack of longevity raises serious questions about Bitcoin's ability to be of an effective hedge against inflation, while gold has long demonstrated its ability to act as a hedge and um, there's really no historical data on Bitcoin as a hedge of inflation. However, we do have some charts to show if you had to buy Bitcoin at a certain price, what it would be like today uh, versus if you had bought a dollar of Bitcoin at certain days and a dollar of gold at certain days. And we'll compare that when we come forward. This is KBLA Talk 1580. New money, new money. We've got you covered. Keep it locked to the midday money chain on KBLA Talk 1580. Like bones, your teeth lose density and become weaker over time, which can lead to tooth decay. And that can make your visit to the dentist feel like this. But if you want your dental visit to feel like this, try new Crest Densify. Crest Densify actively rebuilds tooth density to extend the life of teeth by remineralizing enamel. New Densify from Crest, the number one toothpaste brand in America. Smile, Crest has you covered. Now, now let's get back to Ahead of the Crypto Curve with Naja Roberts on KBLA Talk 1580. Wow, how time flies when you're having fun. I actually feel like we're going to have a Bitcoin versus gold part three only because there's so many different things that I want to share. I want to make sure that you don't miss it. Um, and so there is... Um, let me just jump into it. Bitcoin has a finite supply. There will only ever be 21 million, which makes it scarce. Gold is scarce as well. And we definitely know uh, that fact that, you know, you have to mine for gold. They're still finding gold. Gold is still being uh, mined out of different you know, mines uh, and Bitcoin is still being mined on the other side. You know, there's a digital mining and there's actually a physical mine that happened. Those are the comparisons. That's actually where they got the term mining from uh, because they were comparing Bitcoin to gold. And so they could do Bitcoin mining on the on the, the digital side with computers. And you do gold mining, of course, with the dirt and sh shovels and the picks and et cetera, et cetera. So uh, they're both considered to be scarce asset assets now that real estate prices are off the charts gold is inaccessible to the average american which is why cryptocurrency has become a part of that inflationary hedge mix and um you know and that that that's just the bottom line most most of our folks in our community do not have access to buying gold like that you know and there's so many other things that happen um, one, uh, should not, I'm one wouldn't say that, you know, and I, when I say diversify, don't go out and buy a whole bunch of cryptocurrencies. Again, I'm a recovering coinaholic. I can tell you that that will land you losing a lot of money. So, uh, but there's no rational way to, 
de determine really uh, if any of those cryptocurrencies are going to do any better than Bitcoin. And so since Bitcoin is the number one, they always compare it to gold and as a hedge. So if you're going to look to hedge and do something where you're going to hold HODL, H-O-D-L, and hold H-O-L-D, you would do that in Bitcoin or you should do that in Bitcoin because the traditional finances, we're not yet there all the way in the cryptocurrency space. So it just looks and feels like those that are at the top of the food chain, meaning the Bitcoins, the Ethereums and some of those, those should be the ones that you're looking to as a po for as a hedge against inflation. When you get into the other cryptocurrencies, those are some things that you hit and you get out, you hit and you get out because you don't know if they're going to last longer than a year or six months for some in some cases. Uh, you just want to know. So ease of access is one of the other categories that I had. So both Bitcoin and gold are relatively easy to purchase and dispose of. Especially since there, since there are ready markets uh, available for people to buy them back from you for both of those. But gold has an edge because there are more established ways of trading it. Gold might be relatively easier to invest in given the wide array of ways to do it, including purchasing actual physical gold to put around your neck, etc. Or buying a gold ETF or physical gold or going to some of these gold companies that are storing it for you in their vaults. Uh, which I don't trust. But anyway, many of these involve exchange traded products such as stocks, ETFs, making it easy and cheap for investors to access their in investments. And so those are some of the higher. Um, those are some of the folks that have a little bit of um, higher amounts of money in their accounts. Uh, but though accessing Bitcoin is a bit more complex than gold, Bitcoin promoters have been pushing for similarly easy ways to buy Bitcoin through exchange-based means such as ETFs. Uh, for now, traders can buy Bitcoin future ETFs, which offer similar exposure to the digital currency. So in some ways, you know, it's... it's they're almost the same in the terms of cost. Bitcoin may be cheaper sometimes. Traders can pay off one commission to own Bitcoin in contrast to those buying gold ETFs who may pay no commission but pay an ongoing expense ratio. That percentage of their total investment uh, is taken out sometimes without them knowing. But um, so if it's this kind of gold investment that is held long enough, it could cost more than the Bitcoin commission, depending on exactly how much that commission costs. Uh, frequently trading it, however, can make commissions add up quickly. And so with anything, if you're trading Bitcoin, going back and forth between Bitcoin and money, that can become costly as well. So you want to make sure that you're 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 good on that. And so um, when we come forward, we are going to do our daily dollar cost average. And I think I will say that we're going to have a part three on the Bitcoin uh, versus now nah, when we come forward, we'll get it done. This is KBLA Talk 1580. You're linked to the Midday Money Chain with Lynn Richardson and Naja Roberts exclusively on KBLA Talk 1580. You want to talk about the ballot or the bullet? Well, curiosity is more important than intelligence. We've got both now celebrating one year being your trusted truth teller. You're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. 
All right. I feel like this last statement is for me. Those of you that are looking to use Bitcoin or gold as inflationary hedges should also understand other sources of demand that can support the price of these assets. Gold, as you all know, in many cases, uh, include uh, their their use case, include industrial, electrical uh, electronic applications, jewelry, medical applications, and of course, it's often purchased by central banks. Not purchased, they took in in America, they took it. But anyway, central banks as a store of value. Understanding trends besides investment is important because the multifaceted nation nature of a demand is unique and it attributes to its success of gold and key reasons for its effectiveness and strategic component in your portfolio. In contrast, Bitcoin's utility is based almost entirely on its ability to be traded for other things, including traditional currency. So if Bitcoin can't be used to purchase other things or if people can't trade it to others who value Bitcoin in this way, it's effectively effectively worthless and so uh but we know that people are trading and i just wanted to just say that because i want to make sure that you always know i'm thinking of all things so uh it definitely we are using it to trade we're using it to buy things and it's going to continue and so it's not going to be a worthless but if people were unwilling to accept it for trade etc etc it would be worthless so with that being said bitcoin uh of course we know is speculative uh and and if you look at some of the charts, Bitcoin versus gold that I didn't have a chance to really get into, Bitcoin has actually beat gold hands down at the periods of time. If you had just bought a certain amount of Bitcoin for a dollar or a certain amount of gold, where would you be today? And hands down, you would have won all 10 times throughout the last 12 years. Uh, if you put a dollar in Bitcoin as opposed to a dollar in gold. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're going to do our daily dollar cost average with the Black Wall Street wallet. So please take out your wallets on your cell phones if you haven't already done so. Download the KBLA app. Download the Black Wall Street wallet and go ahead and click on that purple circle in the middle at the bottom. And you're going to click continue. You're going to click on buy an asset. We're going to do six dollars one time. Uh, which gets us an amount of Satoshis today at $18,125. I'm super excited about that. And I am getting my $6 worth of Satoshis, which means I bought more Bitcoin today than I did yesterday because the price is lower. It's on sale today. And so I'm super, again, excited about that. And ladies and gentlemen, we are making way for the D.L. Hughley Show, I'm asking each and every one of you to please follow me on social media, specifically Instagram, because I'm getting ready to start today doing more videos. I'm doing a video challenge. So just look out. I'm going to be educating on all things money, not just just not just new money, but old money and new money on my Instagram. I'm specifically going to be talking about student loans today because I need to help y'all figure out what's in your wallet. Even parents that have loaned their children money, I've got a way for you to get some of those loans forgiven. With that being said, we're making way for the D.L. Hughley Show. You all know I say D.L. is the truth. Thank you for rocking with me at Ahead of the Crypto Curve. I'm Naj Roberts, and this is KBLA Talk 1580. KBLA 1580 Santa Monica. I'm Doug Davis.